Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Osher Ginsberg podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is episode 125 with Brandon Hasick. He is a uh, trainer. He's a gym owner. He's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. He's a lovely chap. Uh, and I'll tell you more about him in a moment. This episode is brought to you today by the wonderful, wonderful people just like you who have supported the show on Patreon. Uh, this show is... One of the best things I get to do in the week, yet it uh, it costs me money to make and has been costing me money to make. And uh, lately, as I've been taking on more work, uh, doing radio and television and a few other things, I started to run out of time to produce it. So um, it was starting to not make sense. But then you, so many wonderful listeners have come through with the goods and helped me uh, hire a wonderful guy by the name of Andy who I worked with making Take 40 Australia all those years ago. And Andy's been uh, doing some audio production and uh, I'm very, very grateful. The rewards start at five bucks uh, per month. If you uh, donate five bucks a month, you get access to exclusive episodes throughout the year. The first exclusive episode is up and that is with James Matheson. If you're a, a supporter and you uh, supported me before the start of the month, um, because the payment processing happens on the start of the month, then check your email because there'll be a message in there about the URL. Uh, but if you've only just started supporting um, at the start of next month, once the payment goes through, you'll uh, you'll get an automated message. That's just how it's set it up. So if you're wondering. Uh, but yeah, thank you so, so much for listening. I do want to say an extra special massive thank you to everybody that reached out about the Willosophy episode that I did this week with Will Anderson. He's got a fantastic podcast, Willosophy, W-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y. Just type in Will Anderson. It's got one L. And it's the artwork where he's smoking and drinking in a high chair, high leatherbacked chair. And we sat in leatherback chairs to do it. But there's a lot there on that show that I've wanted to talk about for some time. And I'm just really grateful that I was able to talk about it with Will because I've wanted to talk about it for a long time. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, mental health. We talk about drinking and we talk about a few other things. And um, yeah, I've wanted to talk about that stuff for ages. But I never really, I don't know, we just got onto it. We just started talking. It was great. Anyway, a lot of people have been really enjoying it. And if you uh, would like to hear it, I highly encourage you to hear, listen to it. Uh, Will's a great chat. He's got a great podcast. I do, I do love him dearly. I hope your week has been good. I hope everything's been okay for you. Hey, go. I've had a big one. As I'm sure you can imagine. We are right in the thick of it. We are shooting heaps. We are doing heaps of radio at the moment. And uh, I'm just not sleeping enough, as I told you last week. Thankfully, Andy's here because if there was no Andy, there would be no show this week. And um, I've noticed, that, and this is a real problem, is that as I get less sleep, I get to be quite forgetful. And it really sucks because people ask me to do stuff and then I forget to do it. Or I tell them, yeah, 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 I'll totally do that. And I don't remember. 
remember my uh, my ex-girlfriend when i first started doing overnight radio she would come in in the morning before she left for work after i've been asleep for about i don't know two hours and give me a kiss goodbye and say i don't remember you've got to take the cat to the vet and um, pay the telstra bill and oh could you move your car out of the spot so i can get in the morning when i come back uh and the afternoon when i come back okay thanks love bye i'll be like yep sure mm -hmm, got it fine and i'll come home and she'd burst in the door and just be super mad because I hadn't done any of the things. And I was like, what are you mad about? She goes, don't you remember this morning when I told you something? No. <laughs> Giant Swiss cheese holes in my brain, I'm afraid. Um, so I might have to start writing stuff down. I really might. And talk to my new shrink about it. Uh, as I, I think I told you last week, I started seeing a new shrink because um, you got to keep a lid on these things. And I told her what I needed and I told her what was going on and bless her. I came back the next week for the next appointment. She said, listen, I've had a long think about what's going on with you. And she's amazing. She said, look, I'm, I'm kind of undergunned. I don't have the skills that you need from someone right now. I, don't, I haven't had the experience with the situations you've been in. So I'm going to refer you to someone else. And that was really important to me. And I'm sharing this with you because I want to impress upon you how important it is if you find yourself needing someone to talk to, needing a shrink to talk to, a psychologist is what I'm talking about. If you need a psychologist to speak with, you don't have to stay with the first one you meet, all right? You can see them a couple of times and go, yeah, you know what? We dig up a lot of stuff and then they don't let me kind of get back down to earth or prepare me to go back out into the world. Uh, you know, if, if, if your psychologist or your therapist works you up into a frenzy remembering crazy shit that happened to you when you were a kid and then goes, okay, see you next week and throws you out in the world with just all this raw emotion, that's not okay. So um, you may want to change, but you're not beholden to them. It's, you know, it's okay to go and find someone else. So I'm just sharing that with you because that's what I'm doing right now. Um, that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. You got to remember, it's a little like dating. You've got to, you got to, you got to take some time. The, the best thing about this situation though, is that the current one is being kind enough to refer me onto a friend of hers and she's going to pass the history on. So I don't have to scratch the scab off again to tell them everything, which it does suck a little, but doing it so close, you know, only a few weeks apart, well, I don't want to do it anyway. Um, thank you so much for everybody that's reached out to a lot of people reaching out on Snapchat this week, which has been really nice. Um, you can find me on Snapchat, Osher Gensberg. It's pretty easy. Um, you can also get me on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram and wherever. Hang on, second yours. Sorry. Oh, so sorry. Um, yeah. Let me tell you about my. Let me tell you about my guest today. Some of you may know if you're listening to the radio show I'm doing in Brisbane with Abby and Stav that Abby and I have got a fitness challenge going on at the moment. I do not know why I agreed to do it, but. At the end of 12 weeks, whoever has the lowest body fat percentage or the most lost body fat percentage gets to choose what the other one wears in the photo shoot, basically. And me, who's terrified of my body and has never taken a shirt off his entire career, I'm shit scared. So I was working out with the wonderful Jason Clark at Perform360 up in Brisbane. He's a fantastic guy and he uh, uses a very different way of training, which I've been really enjoying. But then I moved back down to Sydney to do Bachelor. So he hooked me up with the chap that you're going to hear with, hear from today. Uh, his name's Brandon Hasek, but he goes by the name of Brando. Yeah, Brando. Lovely bloke. Absolutely wonderful guy. He is a sports scientist. He's a physiotherapist. And he's got a really, really interesting outlook on fitness, on training, and on motivation. Why are you training is one of his big questions. Not just because I want to look awesome in my Instagram posts, but you know what is it that you're training for, and what? And he's got some really interesting ways of of, of motivating himself, and, and and he shared shared those with me. Um, he's a bloke from the western suburbs of Sydney. Uh, he sounds like he's a bloke from the western suburbs of Sydney, but he sounds like a bloke from that part of the world. Who, from what I can gather, is fairly early into a new and exciting path that involves uh, mentoring and meditation and and his his take on it is is very very interesting to hear and I, I loved speaking with him and I did want to get him on because he talked about particularly he talks about working out and why physical activity is important in a way that I've never heard before and I wanted to share that with you and we do talk a lot I mean 
We do talk a lot about being intimidated to even just go to a gym or to even just, just I don't know, just decide or, or come to the realization that physical activity is is is, is important. And and so he and I do cover about you know the time in my life when I was when I was quite fat and all I could do was walk, and you know he talks about going back to go forward. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of crazy shit on Instagram that can really mess you up. To be honest, as far as fitness and body image and healthy ways of living, etc. And people can be quite keen to go and lift the heaviest thing at the gym or go and do a million reps of that or go and run that far. But he's very big on it and he shows there's absolutely no, 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 no judgment at all, which is really wonderful compared to some other places I've been to where if my form isn't exactly great, it's totally cool. We take a half a step back and we get that bit right before we move forward again. And like with anything, there's everything's a metaphor for everything else. And I just thought that was really valuable, really valuable that, you know, just to remember that if you're not getting that perfectly fine straight up, it's okay. Just take a few steps back and get those steps right before, or as he calls them, tasks, which we will um, talk about today. So uh, this was recorded at his gym in Paddington in Sydney. So it sounds like we're in a gym. There was some people working out. So occasionally you hear barbells and things being dropped. Um, but I certainly hope the best thing that would happen at the end of this is you th- maybe think a little bit differently about what you're eating um, and how much movement's going on in your week and how what you're eating and how much movement's going on in your week is helping you get to where it is that you want to go. I think that's all I would want. So, yeah, I, I hope you enjoy this conversation with the lovely, the talented, and let's face it, he's a very good-looking man. <laughs> he's also very kind and all he wants to do is help people. So he's my kind of guy. Enjoy this conversation with Brando. How are you, Brando? How you going? Good, where are we? <laughs> we are in Paddington in Bodywa Brando Gym. Which is, what is that old building around us? It's the old White City uh, Tennis Association. So they used to do the, I think it's the New South Wales Open. Yeah. And the, um, I don't know if it's Australian Open as well, but yeah. It's a prime bit of real estate. It looks like they don't use it. Derelict. I don't know. They've got the plans to, to develop into uh, Hokoa Sporting Club. Uh-huh. So Frank Lowy. Uh-huh. Kind of blow it up, make it a big soccer field out there with like a big proper grandstand and pokies and all that sort of jazz. But they're just waiting for the development? Yeah, they've been going for like five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So until then? Well, that's the thing. I've signed to sign today six months and then month to month after that. Right. They, they don't know where that's going to go. <laughs> Which is scary, but... Well, that's all right. They reckon two years for me, so two years plus, so good investment. Well, that, well look, I, um, I know you because Jason, who I was working out with up in Brisbane, uh, recommended you, and then I thought, I'll go see you, and then you started talking. And, in fact, what really interested me about you is that most of the stuff that you seem to talk about and everything I've read you've written has got to do with the 23 hours that you're not in the gym. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So that's what I was kind of interested in. But before we get there, did you grow up around here? Sydney, but Western Sydney. Yeah. So what bit? Hawkesbury, Hawkesbury Hills area. I don't even know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, some good spots, come some bad spots out there. What's the Hawkesbury Hills? So you got Hawkesbury, which is along the Hawkesbury River, uh, out west, so probably an hour ten west of Sydney. Yeah. Um, just past Mount Druitt, so but sort of on the gooder side. <laughs> oh right, right. And your folks, uh, did they come to Australia or was it? No, no, they're they're born here. Yeah. So um, long line descent from Russian descent, but they're born here. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. So w- when you were a kid, were you much of a sporty kid? Yeah, flat out, that's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, cricket bats, played everything, cricket, rugby league, everything. Mostly, mostly league. Yeah, I played league until I was like. 15 I think and I was just too small I just didn't grow so then all the big Tongan boys that we used to play against were just too big for me so I kept getting hurt <laughs> so I just switched to cricket kept playing cricket what was that like as a kid this thing like you obviously would have thought when I grew up I'm going to be like those guys on the telly yeah what was the realisation like as you were 15 years old realising it wasn't going to happen yeah I don't know that was probably yeah when you start to realise and you have to make a decision whether you, you choose to start going out with your mates or start playing 
proper sport. Like I always played representative cricket and footy at the same time. And yeah, whether you put in the effort and stay in Friday, Saturday night, and whether you go out, that was probably a big turning point around the 16, 17. Yeah. Mark? But to say goodbye to something that was your childhood kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know when I gave up. It was, yeah, I think I was 21. And yeah, I was like, it was pretty big. Yeah. What were your folks like around, uh, around sport? Were they the ones that were shuttling you around? Yeah, flat out. I just thought about that the other day. I was like, fuck, I had it pretty good. <laughs> like, but I thought about it the other day. Mum would just drive me to footy, then drop my brother at footy, run back and get my sister, and then it will be dad that would pick us up or something, and then five nights a week, and then Saturday mornings. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we had it pretty good. Did you get, but here's the thing, did you get into much trouble on that side of Mount Druitt? Did you get into much kind of teenage trouble? No, I was good. Like, oh, rat baggery, but nothing too full on. Whereas, yeah, looking back, some of the boys that didn't play as much sport as me, yeah. Because that's what I look at with Gigi. She's 12. And I'm just thinking, okay, so how many nights a week can we get her into water polo training? How many nights a week can we do dancing? What else can we fit in there? Horse riding. We'll put horse riding in there. Horse riding. Yeah. <laughs> Gymnastics. Like, yeah. How busy can we keep her? I think that's what it was. And we were busy. And um, what did you folks do? Dad's been doing roads. So he makes uh, bitumen sealed roads. Um, and mum was, yeah, switching between sort of jobs, but always night shifts. So she would always sleep during the day, then take it straight to footy, then go back to work. She was pretty good. So hang on, your dad makes roads? Yeah, that's a good way to say it, though. Dad makes roads. Like hi- highways? No, like anything from the car park. You can't really see, but the car park out there. Yeah. Um, so the bitumen, you know, the rough yeah. roads? So yeah. not the asphalt ones that you like to skateboard on, the other ones. There's a difference? Yeah. Go on like a nice sealed asphalt road and you can ride a skateboard yeah. and then try and ride a skateboard on that shit out there. Uh-huh. You have a tough time. <laughs> Is it what's the difference between the two of them? It's two different sort of products. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just make two different products and then cheaper versus I think I don't know. Is bitumen cheaper? Pretty sure. Dad's yeah. probably gonna shoot me that. <laughs> so there was no desire to get into the road making game? Nah. Dad worked way too hard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Right. Wanted to work with him a few times, but nothing. Oh, okay. You're like, this is not for me. This isn't for me. Nah. You went to at what point in your life did you go? Uh, Western Sydney's awesome and I love my Hawkesbury Hills I think I might go further afield uh, at what point did you have your sights set on overseas? Yeah so I always wanted to travel when a few mates of mine went to London I was like I've always wanted to travel thought how can I do this I don't want to wait till I'm finished uni because at the time it was meant to be a five year degree and I was like fuck I'm not going to wait till I finish physio then travel then come back and set my life up I'll be sort of too old back then I thought that so I found a way to sort of, I got a scholarship to go study in England. So jumped on that and just ran with it. And you were studying what at university? The uh, first degree was sport and exercise science, health science, yeah. Yeah, just jumped on board that, went and travelled, got a, like, where barely went to uni. Just, <laughs> I think I was in Germany, then went straight to oh, Greece, went everywhere. And just... So hang on, just can you help me understand? Because I, I hear ads on the radio all the time about you know, you can become a personal trader in, you know, three months. Da 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 da. I hate those ads. Well, what's the difference <laughs> between, you know, this? And I thought of you yesterday actually, because I did want to ask this question yesterday. I was waiting uh, for uh, a meeting up in North Sydney, and there was some guy running a like a boot campy kind of thing for a bunch of overweight execs at North Sydney Oval there. And I saw these guys wrenching these kettlebells around, and I thought, you guys are gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> And this bloke wasn't correcting them at all. Yeah. And I thought, that's either he's either really lazy or he just doesn't know. Like, is that the difference between yep. what you did and what those folks did? I think so. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, those ads make me laugh because they make it out to be like a glorious sort of side of things. But, yeah, I think that's the difference. And also the time that people invest in what they're doing. So I'm, like, passionate. If I'm not coaching, I'm sitting there doing something on my own body where I figure it out, like, I figure things out daily about what my body does and then how to say it in a certain way that can help people correct their technique. So that's probably the biggest difference is the science and the understanding of how the body works. Mm-hmm. So with a uni, like, we had, we were lucky, we had cadavers, like, the dead bodies sitting there in the tray, and I'd sit there and just... There'd be half-cut open arms, and I'd sit there and pull the tendons and just see how they just moved, like... That was probably the funnest part of you, and you're figuring out if you know every single muscle, you know how to adapt it, and then all you got to do is come up with a cue on how to how to tell someone to switch that muscle on so the body works better. 
Whereas I think people lack that ability and they just see a movement as a movement uh -huh. and don't know the correctives on how to fix it. Right. So uni, uni is, uh, is very much like, so you obviously had to study anatomy quite significantly. Yeah, I think we did like three or four subjects based around just looking at the body and how it moves. Yeah. Pull this muscle, what happens to the agonist muscle. Yeah. Whoa, so you, you did the full Terminator uh, yeah, with the arm Terminator. open. My mum, she probably won't mind me telling this story, but when my mum went to uh, uni in Adelaide, when she went to medical school in Adelaide, there were some guys working on um, a water main out the side of the medical building, where she, mum's a doctor, and they were yelling out, you know, hey guys, could you keep it down? We're, we're trying to learn it here. And he goes, well, if you want, you could just fucking give us a hand. <laughs> and they went, choppity chop, 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 chop. A hand went out the window. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a cracker. So wrong. So, so, so Someone's wrong. body. Yeah, mum stipulates that she did not do it, but it was one of her colleagues that did it. <laughs> That's but, so good. Yeah, so, so fucked up. Uh, so when you, uh, but what's, what's, tell me, help me understand more about that sports science thing, because a friend of mine, um, Bridie O'Donnell, who's been on this show, she just broke... Um, the world record for the indoor women's one-hour velodrome. Yeah, right. Uh, it's extraordinary. She's my age. She went to school with her. Sweet. So she's nearly 42, and sure. she's breaking world records. But she had a sports scientist with her who was yep. just a machine of data. Yeah, right. And had, had every kind of telemetry upon her body, um, all kinds of, like, calorie counters and, you know, That's this, sick. that, and wattage and output and calories in and calories out. Is that all the kind of stuff that you're working on we did some a lot of stuff like that biomechanics especially and then also yeah those sort of you know calories in versus calories out and how to especially the stuff in uh england when i was there it was a lot to do with athletes they did miss a lot like you pretty much there's only like four or five of us that did something with a degree from uni because a lot of the people just you know if you just do the degree by itself you don't get too much out of it i think you've got to do your homework and be passionate about you know taking a career path from it otherwise it's just a standard degree where they just rattle off what they want you to know mm. um but yeah obviously there's a lot of people that sort of take the next step further and they go delve in and try and get all those numbers and try and find a path of what they can do and then you use the science that you've learnt to create that path and how early did you settle upon that this is what you wanted to do i mean was competitive sport representative cricket was that ever in the not at that stage, yeah. By the time I started uni, I think I was already a bit of a piss head and just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to get by. But I've always been business orientated, so that sort of took a backseat as well. I just wanted to start a business. It was meant to be physio. Then I started training people probably two-thirds into the degree and figured out that I'd sort of like, didn't want to be stuck in the office. Even though I liked manipulating the body, I wanted to do it a different way. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was a big gap between personal training and physiotherapy, which is sort of what I like doing now and obviously the mindset stuff, but being able to, yeah, help people bridge the gap between having to go to a physio all the time, thinking they're broken, people that just want to go to a trainer because they're fat. Why not merge them all together and, like, make some performance goals and make people that, you know, move better functionally and then also, obviously, that brings the byproduct of having a better body. Yeah. And so when you started, what was it about helping the people that... I don't know. I've often... Yeah, I always think about this. Like, why does anyone help anyone? And, like, that's the biggest question on my mind. I was like, why do I even bother, like, writing all these posts? I'm like, obviously, I get some sort of satisfaction out of it. But, um, like, why does anyone do anything? If you help someone else, it just makes you feel better. I don't know if that's a selfish thing or is that just... It's interesting you say that, though, because I've, I've spoken to a couple of people on this podcast. And to be honest, it's been scientifically proven that that's really the only thing that causes lasting happiness. Yeah. Actual lasting happiness is helping another person. Buying something new, new pair of shoes, new car, oh, new, yeah. that's, all, that's one thing. Going on a trip, that's another thing. Yeah. But the only thing that gives you true, that glowing kind of lasting effect is from helping another human. I think that's a really interesting thing about how we were created as people, yeah. that we have this inbuilt reaction to helping another one of us. It's fascinating that that's inside of us. It's fascinating, yeah. And like you just think to natural disasters, like as soon as something goes wrong, why does everyone just straight hands in the pockets? Let's make a donation bin. Like, let's chuck in what we can. And that's obviously ingrained in all of us. Like, so everyone wants to help everyone. And I think the only way I know how is through, through this. So, yeah. you know, rather than me, you know, doing something else and then handing money over, I can make a difference through, through this. And so you first started training people in uni in the UK or here? 
Nah, yeah, back when I came over here, it's sort of, they made out like you had to have all these degrees. Like, I realise now, some of my coaches don't have degrees, but I teach them my ways and it works. Yes, I got the certificates and stuff and then started doing the standard boot camps that you probably reference when you're talking about. Like, that's what the stage I was at. So it could just be immaturity in their career as well. Like, they might not have been doing it for long. Got their certificates in the three months, which is obviously a short time. And they might have only been in the field for three months, so they're not going to pick things up mm-hmm. very quickly. So I started like that. Uh, one of the better things I've done is I was telling you about the Keegan Smith. Uh, he's my mentor at the moment. He sort of goes into a lot of depth into how to train people properly. Like he's dealt with athletes. Hang on. So Keegan Smith, for folks who are listening, we have four codes of rugby, uh, four codes of football in our country. Oh, yeah. We have rugby union, rugby league, Australian rules, and soccer. Um, and he is a s- former strength coach. coach for the, a former premiership team from this part of the city, yeah. the Sydney City Roosters. Yeah. Um, so as a strength coach, his job is to get these guys, A, powerful enough to go up against the chaps that you had to get out of rugby <laughs> for, and B, not get hurt. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's his biggest thing, it's injury prevention. So his sort of claim is that every team that he's worked with has had the lowest injury rate for that season or ever. Holy moly. So that's that's going to get you. That's going to get you hired more than most points scored. Yeah, I think so. A lot of the time it does. So you know, the more time you're less like if you're not injured, you're going to be on the field more. The more time you're on the field, you're going to get better. Same as anything. So that's and, and the more value for money the club gets out of the purchase of the guy that they bought from the other club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I just found him on um, or made him. I shared his something of his, and I sort of looked into details. Like this guy does exactly everything I want to do. Like. The same way I train, the same methodologies, like, and then I sort of just reached out and um, we had a chat and he, ever since then, just sort of do a fair bit together and, uh, yeah, taking some of his methods, merging with my own, that's the way we How important it. is it to have a mentor? 100%, I reckon, yeah. I've had another one, a business coach, which has flipped my world upside down in the last year. So it's investing, I think, sometimes that big jump, you're like, fuck, I don't really want to do investing or you take like you, everyone wants to do it on their own but I think if you if you're brave enough to say that you need some help from someone and really look up to someone you can start to go yeah but I've come to you for help yeah well that's it because I don't know how to do what you know I know how to do a push-up and I know how to run a, I know how to train for a marathon yeah I don't know how to ride a bike 100 miles yeah. but I don't know how to do well, that's it. what you do so I hire you to help me do that yeah and yes I get a sense of achievement you get a sense of achievement so I don't, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I don't know. Yeah. When I did, um, I don't have a manager anymore. I started doing my own negotiations. Yep. I hired a negotiation coach. Yeah, right. I hired a guy who helped me through it. Well, that's it, yeah. Talked me through it because I didn't know how to negotiate. Yeah. But he, you know, talked me and he had a couple of sessions with me and then, you know. Then it works. Yeah, yeah. That's it, so, yeah. Well, at the time I was, you know, didn't know how to ask people for money when you, you know, that biggest thing of when you're a PT, you're a business coach. I mean, you're, you've got a business, so mm. you've got to be able to train people, but if you've got no one to train, then you're worthless. So yeah. I knew that I needed people to train and his claim, I met him through someone else and he was like, I can get you leads. When you get the leads, you've got to be able to sell them. So he's like, I'll be able to tell, teach you how to sell them. So that was probably the best thing I've done in terms of business side and mm. then yeah, getting a mentor for teaching me how to improve my actual game. Right. Is uh, the other best thing I've done. Like we said before, the stuff that you, you write about, um, obviously when someone's sitting there reading a post on a laptop, they're probably not doing back squats. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, and I, I noticed there's, you know, you've written things all around the gym here, uh, on the wall, there's, there's stuff written in chalk all around the place. <laughs> At what point did you realise the power of, and the, the, the effect that mindset can have on someone's fitness goals? I've always been intrigued by, yeah, the psyche of people and how sort of mindset can can influence what you're going to do. So I'm very visual. I like re- being able to read a quote and then also being able to think about it and make up analogies to that quote. So I figured if I do that, if I learn that way, then other people learn that way. Also, obviously speaking, some people are auditory, so they like to learn that way. So I just think if I put as many good things out there as I can, someone's going to pick up some sort of information from it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of the mindset, it's, yeah, it's got to be a massive part. <clears throat> um, everyone knows what to do. Like, it's not hard. You tell someone, if you know, if you're overweight, you've got to lose weight by reducing your calories and making sure that you're getting blood flow to all the muscles. Like, everyone knows that. But 
that next step of... You can't sell a two-sentence exercise plan, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone just do that. Eat less, move more. It's four words. <laughs> there you go. 200 bucks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but well, if you subscribe to yeah. my ebook, uh, I could show you secrets. <laughs> that's it. And I think that's, I've started to realise, it doesn't matter how, I've written programs before and yeah, not to blow smoke, but the programs are sick, but if people aren't rocking up to the sessions, then the programs are worthless. So the mindset of being able to get people in the door day after day is massive. Right. And also the buy-in from Instagram, like that's where I'm blogging at the moment working well so far but um yeah people always comment and it's like oh, like didn't even think about it that way so being able to throw words out there and let people elaborate how they want so when it, when it comes to to getting in the door of the gym or not even just putting on your shoes yeah you know henry rollins used to talk about just put on your shoes and get out the door yeah. uh, here's he's a big runner so just put on and lift heaps just put on your shoes and get out the door it's all you got to do because if you've done that, you're like, well, I may as well. I'm here now. Like, what's the smallest thing that people can do to help them move towards their fitness goals? I mean, I'm, I'm talking like some people who, who are listening may be, and I, I used to be 112 kilos when I was 17. I was, I was yeah, right. big. I was big. And so the only thing that I could do was walk. Yeah. That's all. And it started, it honestly started at 20 minutes a day. That's where it started. And I, you know, I went from there. So one thing to get you to that stage, you mean, yeah, because well, yeah. if you're not thinking about it, you're not going to... Yeah, because it might be an insurmountable goal. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, I mean, this is the thing. You talk about Instagram. If, if you're not happy with your body, all right, and you spend all day on Instagram looking at, you know, a bunch of photos that some guy or girl has taken right at that peak 16-hour period when they're super dehydrated and they're mega, <laughs> yeah. mega, mega cut but they farm them out with different wardrobe changes over a month, so it looks like they always look like that, which they don't. Um, you might feel so insurmountable, I'm never going to look like that. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm just going to eat an entire piece of pie. All right? So how do, you, how, do you, how do you even begin to climb what looks like an insurmountable mountain? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... I think I wrote something the other day about that. Yeah, like things that seem unachievable, you're never going to even yeah put on your shoes, so to speak. So with the science, I find that they're, they're great. I leave notes everywhere. And it's like, for me, it works well. Like, comments are like, put your shoes on your ball bag or something like that. <laughs> so like being able to, I don't know, depending on what type of person you are, if you, yeah, you sort of want to make sure you've given yourself enough, enough chance to do it. So... If you know that you're not going to think about it, maybe give yourself visual cues all the time. So on your mirror, when you're brushing your teeth, have you like have a question box? Have you gone for a walk today? Um, you can set reminders on your phone. Every like, if you know you finish work at three o'clock every day, have a reminder at three thirty. Are you going for a walk, ball bag? <laughs> <laughs> and just little little tips, little, uh, little hints to remind you to go and do things. I think it's going to help. Um, for me, that hasn't been a problem because I. I always know my goals and I know what I need to do to achieve them. But obviously, yeah, when the mountain seems so big to climb, you've just got to break it down. You're not going to walk into a gym and be able, be able to do a muscle-up. You've got to be able to break down the foundation. Hang on, so a muscle-up, let me see if I can describe this right. A muscle-up <laughs> is to hang from a chin-up bar, pull yourself up, and then pull your body over the top of the bar and essentially then do like push your body up to a, almost like a dip, yeah. extended, fully extended dip position, and then back down. That's correct. <laughs> that's a heavy-duty exercise. If I do one of them, yeah, I will, if I do one of them, I would be so thrilled if yeah. I ever got to one of them. But I can't even, I can barely do a chin-up at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's breaking it down. Breaking it down, like you've got to think of what's the easiest thing you can do? And then can I do that a number of times? Is that going to help me get to the next stage? Once I'm at the next stage, can I break that down? Do that a number of times. I think volume, in terms of like hitting something over and over, is going to be the best thing for obviously habit mm. and then um, 
if it's a movement based thing, it's obviously motor pattern. So you got that. But if it's a mental thing, then it's going to be motor pattern as well. So. So what's talk, talk to me about motor pattern. With training, um, the way that the muscles are able to, I mean, the brain sends a signal to the muscles. So you've got, everyone's got the muscles there. So when someone says they can't do a pull up, the muscles probably just haven't been switched on before. So you've got to be able to switch those muscles on in the right way. Trying to do a pull up over and over doesn't always help. You maybe have to regress and do a ring row. So it's the same sort of muscles getting used, but at a less intensity. Mm-hmm. So you're sending the signal, and then once something fires, it then wires. So that's that you know, muscle memory that people always talk about. Yeah, so you've got to sort of build that muscle connection between the mind and the muscle. That's that sign there that I've got, the mind-muscle connection. Once you've built that, that's when you can start switching on muscles when you need them to switch on. And then obviously things start switching on properly. Does it go back into the subconscious eventually? Like just becomes an automatic movement for all the muscles to remember the right technique to... Because I think the other day when you had me doing... What was I doing? The, the, what's the one where I hold the bar in front of me and I push it straight up? Yeah, like, strict press or push strict press, pr- yeah. push press. And you were telling me, you're like, <laughs> heels down, bump forward, da-da-da, da-da-da, <laughs> hold the back, da-da-da, yeah. So I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> um, but I'm sure eventually... It becomes autonomous. Yes. Yeah. So that, yeah, you don't have to think. That's what the volume does. So doing something repetitively, eventually that, you know, bump tight, heels down, lock out, you just second nature. So until it becomes second nature, you're not really going to progress to the next exercise. Yeah. And the, uh, when, it talk, when you talk about um, habit, I'm, I'm fascinated by habit, and I'm fascinated by the power of habit. When it comes to forming or... Because I don't want to say breaking positive habits, because then you're always in the negative. When it comes to forming more positive habits, what's the, what's the first kind of door to that, do you think? Do you mean like a movement, or do you mean like... Like, say, for example, if uh, someone would like to get in the habit of just... Just entry level, just I, I would like to go walking for 20 minutes a day. My best cues would be, yes, yeah, setting those reminders. Like everyone's got a phone and they're constantly on them. So if you've got a reminder coming up on your phone, go for a walk or, you know, put your shoes on. At the end of the day, checklist, did you go for a walk? Yeah. And things like that. Then it becomes in your conscious mind or subconscious mind at the time. Like, did I walk today? Oh, shit, tomorrow I've got to walk. Yeah. Didn't walk again. And then I think that, as that becomes habitual, yeah, becomes more repetitive. And then, yeah, it becomes a habit. Are you a list kind of guy? Are you a wake up in the morning kind of list guy? Yeah, I write some lists. Yeah? <laughs> a lot of time I forget about them, but I think even writing them down for me is enough to... Well, tell me, tell me about your routine. What's, your, what's, the first, like, what's the first two hours of your day? Well, lately it's been shocking. I've been getting here late. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I woke up at 2 to 6. I was meant to be here at 5-2. I've been doing big days, so tired. But usually get up at 25 past 5. If I've been good, I've made my dinner the night before. I mean, breakfast the night before. Have some chia seed pudding with some strawberries. It's been a good one. Get to work, write the work up out, and then, yeah, my back-to-back sessions in the morning. If I booked an eight o'clock session, I'll do that. Otherwise, I go up to the cafe. Nice little cafe out the road there. Yeah. They look after me. Have a breakfast, come back. Usually, I'll either do some admin or some back-to-back sessions, and then, usually, lately, it's just been admin all day, trying to find out how I can get more people through the door, marketing strategies, talking with people, and then back in the afternoon for sessions. Yeah, right pretty boring for most people no no not at all but then how do you where do your goals kind of fit into all that how do you do you have a a list somewhere do you have yeah my whiteboards at home i've got um sliding wardrobe and they've they're cool they're like a a glazed finish wardrobe thing so i use a whiteboard marker on those it's just full of full of uh quotes or analogies that i've sort of come up with and a few dot points of what i want to achieve either monthly or yearly Uh uh-huh and how are you going? Are you crossing things off that list? I always make them too small. Like, I do them and I'm, I sort of make them achievable, which everyone always says don't make your goals so achievable, but maybe that goes back to, you know, if you make them too big, then you're not going to get them either. I disagree, man. I just, like, if I wrote, for example, a muscle-up, like, yeah. I want to be able to do a muscle-up, all right? Or not even, what's a, what's a career thing? I want to, I want to get a, a series commission that I've, I've created and produced right, yeah. on telly, okay? That's a massive thing. But there's probably 200 steps to that. Yeah. 200 steps that I'm completely capable of completing. That's it, yeah. And I've, I've got no problem at all breaking it down into 200 steps. Yeah. But if I look at get a series on air produced and, you know, that's impossible. Yeah. So you make the small ones or you make the yeah, big I'll ones? Yeah, I make the smallest. Small yeah. as possible. That's right. I'll call them tasks, not goals. Because ah. to me, like I used to call them goals and I'm like, well, I don't know. Like everyone's always like, oh, what do you really want to achieve? I really don't think about it lately. I just 
just know that if I keep doing what I'm doing, it's going to lead to somewhere sweet. So yeah. I'm just happy doing that for now. Tasks. Call them tasks. So like I just put down this week for the business. It was just like, you know, get this many people on direct debit. I think I've done that and I did it the first three days. I just went out and went pretty blitz. And then it's like, all right, cool. I just went to the next quarter of the month, but it's just the next task. So yeah, yeah. everyone always asks me what my goals are long-term, but I sort of make them up and tell them, <laughs> tell them what they want to hear. I think everyone does that. Oh, what are your yeah. goals? I want to have two gyms and do this. I don't really care as long as I'm happy at the time. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, I'm just... You do your tasks and you know that if you're doing these tasks, you're going to be heading in the right direction. And do you check to make sure that you're heading in the right direction often? I think, yeah, I suppose. So I always sit down. I'd have Tuesday mornings off and I go down to the, the beach and meditate for like 20 minutes and align my goals. So that's always fun. Where did meditation turn up in your life? Oh, I went on the sweetest trip. <laughs> it was... Australia Day, my housemate, it was the best thing he's ever done. He just goes, do you want to not drink this Australia Day and we'll go on a yoga retreat? I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's sick. <laughs> and went there and they just blew my mind. It was cool. Like, I think I did a little bit beforehand, but ever since then it changes your perspective. What was that like six weeks ago? Oh, no, sorry, last year's Australia oh, Day. okay. Yeah, and we just went up there and it was out of the blue for, from him. So I was almost like, I was intrigued to figure out what he, like, what he was going through. So I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll jump on board with that. And um, yeah, it's cool. And what, uh, what do you get out of meditation? Just get rid of that fuzzy feeling in your head. Uh, I'm sure most people can relate, but it's, you know, I explained it the other week to someone about being a vacuum cleaner on. You know, when someone's vacuuming in the room, you don't know, you sort of notice it and you're like, oh, that's annoying. And then you sort of shut it out of your head, but it's still there. And then when they turn it off, you're like, oh, fuck. That vacuum cleaner was on for 20 minutes. Now I can actually hear. Mm. And that's what meditation does for me. It's like fuzzy. You don't realize you're fuzzy until you meditate. And then you're like, now I'm clear. <laughs> like, and then someone just switches that vacuum cleaner off and it's sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dyson. No, 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 no. It's just fascinating listening to you talk. It's fascinating listening to you and that, it's, hearing the way you've discovered these things. Yeah. And that you just... Like if it was me going, I would be like, meditation has brought me such this, that, but you're such a, you're just... Just a bogan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, meditation is fucking sick, mate. Yeah, it's mad. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Everyone should meditate. No, I do. I, I really love it. And the other thing I was just telling, I just had lunch with, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to say Dan McPherson's a good friend of mine. He's a lovely bloke. I've known him for ages. Um, he's an extraordinary athlete, extraordinary uh, triathlete. He's an actor. But he can run the Kona Mar um, Ironman in less than nine hours. He's yes, a man. machine. <laughs> he is a machine. <laughs> and I was telling you about you and the way you train. And one of the biggest differences that I've noticed about you is in a group setting, uh, which you do, I do with you occasionally, you don't ask people, can you do a push-up? You say, have you got a push-up? <laughs> which is a massive difference. It's a massive difference to a person who might feel intimidated by being in this gym and there's people lifting gigantic weights and there's, like, there was a dude in the class yesterday who was tall and he had freaking shoulders like a half a basketball and he's doing just chin-ups like they were breathing. I was like, fuck, man. I've got 17 rubber bands on this chin-up bar just to get me up. Uh, but just the way that you linguistically use those things, um, I don't know if you realise how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, I'm starting to realise lately the power of, yeah, yeah, the way I've been speaking and it's sort of like, I just do that naturally, obviously. I don't make anything up. But, um, yeah, my sort of view on things is like, everyone can do it, so just stop being a fucking pussy and just do it. Like, <laughs> you might have to regress it, but, like, if I ask, oh, like, can you do this? The answer's always probably going to be no. But if I stick you in a group and you think you've never done it before and you've, you're seeing Mary, Steve and John doing it next year... Like, oh, fuck, maybe I can just do this. Like, and it really persuades you to start doing things properly. Like, rather than, yeah, can you do this? You're probably going to say no, and then we're going to have to have a chat about why you're a pussy, and then... And <laughs> 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 you know, I don't have time for that. So we just... <laughs> you take... You, do you hold your, the people that come to you, do you hold them fairly accountable? Yeah, I need to... Probably, I probably put too much accountability in their hands, and sometimes it doesn't work, because I just trust people that like like myself and just get things done if they know they've got to get a goal but sometimes they tell the same as me when I ask them their goals and they say this is my goal I'll take it on face value but it's probably not even their goal so that's probably something I've got to get better mm -hmm. is making sure that what they're telling me is actually what they're valuing 
but then the accountability, I'm trying to come up with better ways of keeping them accountable, but I'm rubbing, I'm trying to let some things rub off onto them and, and see the way that I do things and the way I speak and hopefully that rubs off on them. Mm. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll just do this rather than can I do this? I'd tell you the best accountability thing that I, I know of and it works so well for me is that if I make a bet with you, um, uh, like for example, with this challenge I'm doing with Abby yeah. on the radio at the moment, like if either one of us break our nutrition plan, um, we have to pay 20 bucks to a charity or a cause that we absolutely despise. <laughs> what have you got? I had to donate $20 to the One Nation Party. <laughs> what do they do? They're the xenophobic racists. Yes. Yeah, one Pauline Hansen's mob. Yeah, mad. <laughs> yeah, things like that. I, I, I did it because, and, and now, and since then, I'm like, okay, I'm never breaking my. Uh, never doing it again. Never, never breaking my. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Things, people do different things, don't they? Like, if you said that to one person, it might work. Other people are like, oh, is it, that's negative. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, just do it. Like, <laughs> come up with something. That's probably another next step for me would be finding out, reading yeah. people and how they, how they like to be accountable because yeah. everyone's going to be different. There's a, how, how do I put this? Like, we spoke about Instagram before and I've had to be really careful with Instagram because I get really affected quite easily by the things I see and yeah. I see dudes my age and I stupidly compare myself to them <laughs> and they're just bonkersly ripped, right? And it seems like that's all they want. Yeah. Is I want to always stand under a light so there's heaps of shadows on my abs and, that's... you know, just be that guy and take any opportunity to take my shirt off. Um, but it seems to me that you help people get in shape because it benefits their lives rather than just their, what they look like in the mirror. Yeah. There's a good, yeah, like they're, they're my despised people, so we should make a bet where if... <laughs> oh, really? If I do something wrong, I have to give money to those, those ball bags. But um, there's a good photo I saw the other day. Someone tagged me in it, because obviously they must have known that it resonates with me, but it was a photo of this guy, like a stick figure, and he goes, oh, I'm, he was really fat, and he's like, oh, I'm not happy with myself. And then next photo was the same stick figure person, but he was thinner, and he's like, oh, shit, still not it. Like, I'm still not happy. And that's what I found. Like, people go through these fluctuations of they look good, or they look, obviously, one time in their life, they didn't feel great about how they looked, and they thought if they change the way they look, then they're going to be happy. Same with money. People think if they have more money, they're going to be happy. But how many people win the lotto and commit suicide, you know what I mean? So there's obviously something else there which is what I'm trying to figure out which is my passion area of trying to help people achieve more self-confidence and better self-efficacy through what they can do rather than what they look like and yes that's my biggest passion area what so what they can do as in knowing that I have the flexibility and the strength to do a particular physical movement and I know all the discipline and time and dedication that it's taken to make that that's yeah I can use that muscle and apply it, that brain part of that. Yeah. I can apply that to other parts of my life. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the massive part of it, being able to have full control and being unrestricted, being able to switch on a... For me, it's being able to switch on a certain muscle when I want it to and know that my body's going to be able to hold it. And then on the other turn, you know, be able to do... If I want to be in, do a chin-up, I can do a chin-up and not be restricted. I think those sort of things and working towards unrestrictedness... Mm is a massive part of how you're going to feel about yourself. If you feel restricted, you're going to feel restricted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, body composition and, and how it looks is a big part of that. Obviously, it's going to come. It's a byproduct of being able to move properly. If you're big, you're not going to be able to move as well as someone that is a bit smaller. So taking at it rather from this is going to look great and you're going to have mad abs versus... <laughs> Ver, you know, going that route versus um, you're going to be able to use every joint and every range of motion and, and with extraordinary strength. Yeah. And by doing that, you're also going to look awesome. You're probably going to look ripped and have bad abs. Yeah. Right. That's the way I've sort of gone. And people, people have always commented, like, not massively, but on my photos, because I, I don't wear a shirt often, and everyone thinks it's a vague thing or vanity. Sorry. Vanity. Vanity thing, yeah. Vanity thing. Vanity thing. And it's definitely not, like for me, I don't even think about the way I look. Obviously I know that, you know, I've got abs and that's gonna be fine, but for me, it's not even about that. I would walk around, if I was bigger, it's just I know that I'm comfortable with how I look and it's just, I train the shirts off. 
But um, yeah, you can see the difference of someone that really all they care about is does the light look good on the abs today or you know, is my bicep popping but can they touch their toes? Are they restricted in how they move? Can they do whatever they want their body to do at you know, snap of a finger? Some of those guys can't touch their toes? 100% they wouldn't be. Really? Yeah. I'm lucky. I've always been able to... Touch your toes? Yeah. Pancake. That's important. You've got to be physical. You've got to be physical. But also in terms of the way the body moves, like if you're getting blood to each cell individually, like the cells regenerate properly, you're going to have longevity within your muscles, your tendons. If you're just training, you can look, there's a science behind looking good, they figured it out, like, you know, calories in versus calories out, um, hormonal stress on certain muscle groups, you can do that. But yeah, it doesn't mean your body's functioning really well. Like, think of a cockroach, you know, it can stand for ages, but doesn't, you know, not the best quality of life, whereas like a canary, they just function a lot better, like better quality of life. And then, yeah, so that's probably a shit bit to put in. No, no, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really interested in, in what you're talking about. Like, just, I'm trying to kind of clarify it. The, you're talking about, and, and like we mentioned before, the 23 other hours of your day when you're not, you know, working out or walking or, or doing something that helps you function physically as optimally as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, how those two things help each other. Yeah, my yeah, I think the mind muscle connection. There's definitely something going on subconsciously there that lets your brain know that if your body's functioning really well, like this is definitely just anecdotal, and I don't have any evidence to prove this, but from my own experience, like when your body is working 100%, your mind is just working a lot better as well, and probably vice versa. But if you're constantly worrying about yeah, if things that you can't change, like some people. You can't always change. You can't look like the poster boys all the time. Your body might be different. So trying to look like something like that when you can't, you're just going to build up that anxiety and that stress and it's going to make everything worse. Mm. You start thinking of the other way, turmoil back. Yeah. Oh, I certainly know that. I um, I mean, besides this stupid thing I'm doing with Abby, <laughs> um, uh, after I injured myself coming off my bike, I had three weeks where I couldn't work out and I couldn't ride. And I just started to go crazy. I can't sleep properly. Restricted. Yeah, my, the, the, the mental health really starts to dive. And I, you know, even though I'm on meds, I'm like, oh, fuck, do I have to get, put my meds up? Because <laughs> it takes, it's a big, it's a really big part of how yeah. I've been able to be on a lot less meds is from staying physically active. It's like, I do you see it as like a, a cover though? Or do you, do you believe in it? A cover? Like, do you think, so you're saying like when you're on, like you don't have as many meds or whatever, or you feel better when you're training? Do you feel Absolutely. like you're just covering it? Or like no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, My body, thankfully, has nearly everything it needs to make me feel really, really great. Yeah. My ability to release those chemicals is somewhat different to everybody else's. So sometimes I need, I need meds to help some of those, uh, to help out the dopamine and help out yeah. the... Um, uh, 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 cortisol levels and things like that yeah. okay so the other day I came home and I'm just sitting there I don't think anything's wrong but Audrey looks at me she's like my fiance she looks at me she's like you just look sad you look so fucking sad and really? tired I'm, I'm just sitting there she goes baby you look just so sad and tired I came here and I lifted things and I went home and I boom I'm glowing <laughs> all right so you saw me that day. That's why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I'm saying. It stimulates the release of certain things in my body that makes my body's got. Your body's pretty much got every drug. I mean, what right after the injury? Right after the injury, I had to go and get someone uh, to uh, a masseuse to shove their thumbs into my intercostal muscles oh. that were bruised and, and starting to scar up and <laughs> hurt like I can't even tell you. But I knew that. If I just breathe through the first five or ten seconds of it, mm. that's when the endorphins will come. Yeah. And it is better than any drug I've ever taken. <laughs> and it's in my own body. Yeah. That's the wild, wild, wild thing. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing with me, which is why I try and merge physiotherapy with, um, with training is because when I, yeah, I just used to get injured all the time. Like I'm hyper... Um, mobile. Hyper mobile. So joints used to pop out and I always used to find I'd have soft tissue injuries because things wouldn't work and things would work too hard. So, And then I was always intrigued by how to make that better and find that unrestrictedness. But then, yeah, the, the cross-connection between 
being injured and not being able to do what you want and then having the mental side of things come through as well. Like there's a big correlation between the two, I think. So always trying to find out ways to yeah, to help people switch those switch those on properly and be able to like yeah, have the mental mental strength to get through as well. And uh remember the no, in those moments. I mean I certainly got it from running marathons. Yeah. You know, I certainly know that when I'm at thirty eight Ks and I've got four to go. <laughs> I know that, you know, at other parts of my life when things are long and hard, when I'm doing those negotiations, those parts of experience of my life come into play. And I can remember, oh, yeah, it's all right. I know how to do this part. I just put one foot in front of the other. That's all I have to (laughs) keep doing. Don't stop. Make sure I eat enough. Make sure I drink (laughs) enough. And only, you know, 22 minutes, I'll be over the finish line. That's it. There's, heaps of, there's plenty of good metaphors when you train, like burpees, like when times get tough, like you want to stay on the floor, your chest on the floor, you want to stay down there, but you've got to get back up, you've got to stand back up. <laughs> Same as like with the barbell, like if you've got 10 clean and jerks to go, you don't want to pick the barbell up, but you just got to fucking pick it up, <laughs> put it over your head, and then just keep going. <laughs> and 100 kilos is always going to be 100 kilos, so, you know, it's sort of never going to lie to you. If you've got to pick up 100 kilos, it's going to be there all the time. that is that is interesting do you think that we as a nation are getting it seems that you know we're sitting underneath an f45 here it seems that we as a nation are getting so much more into into wanting to be physically um better i think you see what you want to see like anything really yeah uh i think we are but where i grew up like I'm counted as weird for how sort of how I get into things. A lot of the guys out there are well into their their body shaping, like you know the big bulky dudes that take roids and they want to be as big as they can and muscly as they can. But then you look at the eastern suburbs and everyone's gorgeous, <laughs> so it's probably a massive thing. But definitely, if you head back out towards where I grew up, you know the western suburbs, there's going to be people still eating their macas every day, still thinking it's fine to drink three or four liters of coke and not go for a walk. So I think, I don't know, you surround yourself with what you want to see, but I hope it's grown. You never know. Right. So there's the, is a lesson there. If you're not happy with the way that your mind and body are functioning together, look at what you're surrounding yourself with. 100%. Look at the tasks you're completing on the way to what it is you think you want. Yeah. But I guess then you've got to ask yourself what it is that you want. Yeah. Big questions here, Brando. Big ones, yeah. This is I spend all day thinking about Big philosophical questions, hey? I'm intrigued by it. It's fascinating. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I think what will be interesting for you is watching how you scale this, watching how you are able to help as many people as possible. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting. That'll be fun to see how it works. Because I definitely don't want to do like we just talked about, the F45 model. Um, I used to work for one and just didn't agree with it. Like, it just went down the business path. You could see they franchised it. It went businessy. Just want to get numbers through the door and put yeah. dollars. I, look, dude, I did it for like nine months. It was, yeah. it was fun. G'day. <laughs> kid walking by. That's no, all right. There's a tennis court at the end of the street, so this little kid is, uh, he's gone to tennis. He just stuck his head in to see what we were doing. <laughs> Hit a couple of forehands on the way past. That's no, all right. He's future Aussie champion right there. I'm sure he's got to be nine. Um, yeah, it was fine for a while. The F45 thing. It was mm. fine for a while, but. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't for me in the end. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with that is even I find in the gym when other trainers are training, the music goes up and they just want to get people sweating. Just get sweaty. Let's go. Let's pump up like a pump class. For me, like if you notice, the music's always pretty quiet when I'm coaching, and it's just like there's a bit of background music unless we're sort of going for it. But a lot of the time, it's talking. Talk with the guys next to you. Like you might have picked up, you know, someone else's name, and you're going to train with them a few times a week. And it's more about getting that connection between the mind and the muscle rather than just phasing out. You don't, like, you know, 45 minutes, you just phase out for 45 minutes. Have you really done what you came to do in the gym or did you just blanket, you know, put a Band-Aid on and did your 45 minutes of exercise for the day or did you think about what you're doing for those 45 minutes? I never thought about that because, yeah, I've, that's, in some gyms it's so oppressive, the music is so loud. Just, I may as well be there alone. Yeah. And, but everyone's got their iPods in anyway. Everyone's got, got their fitness first. It's just loud and it's just do your thing, tick the box at the end of the day. I went to the gym, I did this, I'm sweaty, did a good fucking job. <laughs> <laughs>
but that's what I don't want to have and that's why I turn the music down people talk together people help if I'm not I'm one coach to eight or ten people sometimes can't be with everyone and hopefully someone else you know do this do you want it like and I'll make everyone share the bar if you've noticed that everyone go to a partner and share a bar and they're like oh what, what weight do you want to do and then how do you squeeze the right muscle at the right time and it's more about you know rather than just being passive for that 45 minutes or hour try and control the 45 minutes and enjoy it right on it's three past three let's get training I should probably lift something heavy <laughs> yeah it's your turn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take your photo up against your nice green wall gosh shocking no, don't worry, you'll be right. <laughs> that was Brando. You can find him on Instagram, Body by Brando, all one word is where you can find him. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of the show. And thank you so much for everybody that supported on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Osher. If you want to support the show, that would be awesome. You'd be very, very kind to do so. Um, this podcast is, is free to listen to, but it's not free to make. And um, it's people like the wonderful supporters that have come to the party and helped me out. It's those people who I have directly to thank for making sure this show has gone up the last three weeks because I just, I was, have absolutely run out of time to do it the way I used to do it. I don't have the time to uh, produce it and edit it up and publish it like I used to and so it's because of you that you have a show to listen to right now so thanks again uh, thank you so much if you can't afford to donate anything don't don't pledge a thing but if you can and you feel that this show gives you value and you feel like reciprocating that value I'd be very very honored here someone gave a buck this week and I was just so thrilled that that happened because it's a buck and it's what they wanted to give and that's great I love it. I'm so lucky. Hey, so thanks so much. That's it. It's Friday night. It's 10 o'clock. I don't know what you're doing at 10 o'clock on Friday night, but I'm recording um, <laughs> intros and outros of podcasts and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world because I get to do this show for you and hopefully bring something to your day that's a little, helps it shine a little brighter. And that's about it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until I speak to you next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Yeah.